Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. That's it, and I will hop into today's sermon. I want to let you know I'm hoping I'm not too rusty it's been since May 16th is the last time I preached. Um, and I don't want to, you know, I need to shake off the rust. So be gentle with me today. Uh, whenever we were on vacation, we were throwing the football around on the beach. And the first day we did it, beautiful day out, you know, throwing the football around for about 30 minutes. It was just awesome. I hadn't thrown a football around in forever. The next day, whenever I woke up, I was sore as like all get out. Like my neck was all sore. I woke up. I'm like, man, I slept. I must have slept wrong and kind of pulled something. And then it dawned on me, no, I'm 33 and I threw a football for 30 minutes without warming up. That's what happens. <laughs> like it's just, I'm like, man, this is not, I don't like this getting older thing. It's not good. <laughs> so hopefully I don't pull anything today, uh, easing back into preaching. <laughs> but today we have our brand new series starting up. Our brand new series Emoojis, say it with me, Emoojis, Emoojis. We're coining a brand new word here at Cornerstone today. And I wanna let you know what the inspiration for this series was. It's gonna be today and then the next three weeks as well. And here is the inspiration for the series. Maybe you have uh, been in one of these situations as well recently. Um, Anyone scrolled their social media feed recently, right? If you're watching online, you probably did it right before you logged on to service scroll through your social media feed, um, waiting in a long line at Walmart, like the return line or something, which there's always a long line at Walmart for return items. Um, maybe you've been at a family dinner recently. And in all of these situations, one common theme has come back up every single time. And that is there is a lack of emotional maturity in our world, Right? We see it all over the place. We see it on social media. We see it in lines at grocery stores and supermarkets. We see it at family dinners. Time and time again, people having just a complete and utter lack of emotional health, a complete and utter lack of emotional maturity. They say things and they post things and you're going, oh, why would you say that? You're oversharing. You're, you're saying too much. No, we don't need to know that. Or no, you don't talk to people like that. All of these different ways that people's lack of emotional health crops up. And we need the church. Man, we need to be so aware of how we come off from an emotional standpoint. We need to make sure our emotions are in check and that we are emotionally healthy people. One of the things that happened while we were on vacation. Um, my daughter, Eden, she's seven. Um, she, I mean, it's all family there. It was all family there. She'd just been in the pool and she was getting ready to change. And we're just up in the top level. You know, the kids keep running in and out of the pool. We change them seven times a day, right? Like just, I want to go back in the pool. I'm done with the pool. I want to go back in. So it was like change number five. I'm not going back to the room every time. We're not just doing that whole song and dance. We're just changing it right there. We're like, all right, go ahead and hop out. Well, while she was changing, uncle Aaron walked by to go to his room. Eden was mortified, like just completely and utterly mortified, just like, you know, just all sad. I wasn't up there. So I come around the corner and Jessica's like, it's not a big deal, honey. We're all family. We're all family. It's not a big deal. And Eden's like, oh, and I'm like, what? What happened? And Eden says, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. My five-year-old daughter, Evelyn, though, her little sister, did want to talk about it. <laughs> she happily offered up what happened. She, Uncle Aaron saw Eden's butt. <laughs> 
Eden's like, oh, no, Evelyn, Evelyn, stop, stop. Don't say anything more. Don't say anything more. I'm like, oh, honey, Uncle Aaron's family, you're, you're fine, honey. He was just walking by. He wasn't looking at you or anything. He was just walking by. And she goes, I don't know, I don't know. And she kind of paused for a second. She said, I think I just need a little bit of me time. Which, first off, I don't know where she's ever heard that. I don't think I've ever uttered that phrase before. <laughs> I don't know where she's hearing this from. But she needed some me time. And so she went off. Like, she went downstairs. She, like, grabbed her towel and covered her and walked down the stairs and just gone for a little bit. And I tell you that because today is going to be a little bit of me time for every person in this room, everybody watching online, everybody under the sound of my voice. And what I mean by that is this. This is me time. This is you time. As you hear the sermon today, don't nudge somebody or think of someone that, man, I wish they were here listening to this. Oh, they needed to hear that. They don't need to hear it. You do. <laughs> I do. I need this sermon badly. This is something that we all need for ourselves. So this is some me time that we're getting into today because let me tell you, emotional health is one of the most important, crucial, critical things in a person's life. It's that important. It's that important. So if you would, let's bow our heads real quick. Let's pray and then we'll jump into the rest of the sermon. Father God, thank you for the truth of your word. As we get ready to dive into it today, God, we ask that you would illuminate it, that you would help us to see it, to read it, to reflect on it in new and fresh ways so that what we hear today wouldn't just be words that we, we heard on Sunday at church, but that they would be truth your truth, and that we would take them and not just hoard them and save them up for knowledge for ourselves, but that we would actually take what we learned today and put it into practice, put it into practice, see how it changes our life and how it makes us more and more like your son, Jesus. That's what we're here for, God. We're here for you to worship you, to honor you, and to become more like you. Help us as we do that, and we'll give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, and it's in your name that we pray, amen. Amen. Well, today is kind of going to be foundational for the next weeks coming up. Today's title for the sermon is In My Feelings. In My Feelings. Um, does anybody in here, do you guys use emojis on your phone? You use emojis? Anybody online use emojis? Online, you might be using an emoji to let me know that you use emojis. You might do a little hands up or thumbs up, right? Um, I didn't used to because I wasn't sure, like, emoji etiquette. Like, do dudes use emojis or like, do, do we not? Like, I don't, I don't know. But once I started using them, now I use them all the time. I'm giving thumbs up. I'm smiley faces. I do all that kind of stuff. I love, love, love emojis and culture loves them. I mean, there's, there's a movie based on emojis. Like they're all over the place, right? We love, love, love emojis. Um, and I think one of the reasons we like it so much, why we love emojis is because what they allow us to do is they allow us to articulate and convey a pretty complex thought with just one image, right? With just one little tiny image, we can communicate a pretty complex idea or a thought that may take a few words if we were to actually type the whole thing out. But hey, I can just find the perfect emoji for it. They're releasing new ones like every other month. There's an emoji for it. Whatever you're feeling, whatever mood you're in, whatever you're trying to communicate, there's an emoji for it. In fact, my kids, they love on uh, Disney Junior, um, they'll do little shorts where it'll be an entire Disney movie condensed into five minutes and it's told all through emojis. 
Like there's, there's, no, there's no talking, there's no communication except for little emojis coming up on the screen and telling the whole story and they love it. They love it. Society, we love emojis. They can articulate these complex ideas with one image. Now the thing is, emojis are relatively new, but that idea of wanting to get something complex across in just one simple thing, that's not new. That's not a new idea. We, we've wanted to do that for a long time, and we do that for a long time. Like, let me, let me give you an example. Um, turn to the person next to you and ask them, how are you doing? Online, why don't you tag somebody? Tag them and ask them how they're doing real quick. All right, now, if you were asked how you're doing, if you haven't responded yet, go ahead and respond to the person. Tell them how you're doing today. All right, how many people, how many people responded with good, fine, doing okay? Let's see those hands. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of hands up. But how many of those people, how many of you who just said, yep, doing fine, like 10 minutes ago, just before service started, you were leaving a chaotic, crazy situation. Like you were, you were holding on to your sanity by like one string, right? Like you were just in a car with kids losing their mind on the way to church. And you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to like light you both up. You better cut it out right now. You better stop right now. And then here, 15 minutes later, you're in service and I say, how are you guys doing? You're like, good, doing good. <laughs> Doing all right, right? But the fact is, you're like losing it. Like you're this close to just blowing up, right? So you're saying you're doing good, this very simple thing, but there's a lot of complexity there. Because you're, yeah, you're kind of doing good, but you're a little bit tense from the hard morning and you're a little bit you're thinking about Monday tomorrow and going back to work and that's kind of stressing you out a little bit, but, but you're good, <laughs> right? A lot of complexity, but we sum it up into this one little idea, you see, we're living emojis. <laughs> we are living emojis. We are living complexities that we try to sum up into this one little neat, doing good, doing all right. I'm doing okay. <laughs> you see me, like for example, um, you ask me, how are you doing? Um, you just got back from vacation, how was it? I might respond with, uh, awesome. <laughs> awesome, vacation was awesome, right? This indicates the sunglasses, I was, I was somewhere sunny, right? <laughs> like. Vacation, it, it was great, it was awesome. And I sum, up, <laughs> I sum up a lengthy vacation with just that one word, awesome. But guess what happened on that vacation? Yeah, a lot of awesome stuff. We went to Jockey's Ridge, like the largest natural sand dune in the United States, like in the eastern part of the United States, really cool. Um, we were in the beach and we were on, in the ocean and we had some really great days. But guess what else happened? There were a lot of tense moments with the kids. <laughs> Because I have three kids, my brother has four kids, my sister has two kids, and we're all in this one house, and it gets pretty crazy, right? We've got a, a one-and-a-half-year-old who, whenever he doesn't get his naps, is, look out, <laughs> right? And we're trying to get him a nap in while kids are running by the door and slamming doors, and everyone's loud, and you're like, please be quiet, like, don't wake him up, please don't wake him up, like, Ugh, right? Everything's, everything's tense, and there was a couple uh, days down there that was just super rainy, and we're all on top of each other, and we're all like, oh my gosh, can it just, like, clear up so we can get outside of the house, and get these kids out so they can get some energy out, and there are all these little things, and I mean, you're on vacation, so you're spending money, and you get back home, and you look at the finances, and you're like, ooh, okay, a little, <laughs> overspend a little bit, <laughs> like, whoa, got tighten it up real quick. So all of that's going on, but vacation was awesome. <laughs> you see, there's a lot of complexity there. 
There's a lot of nuance. There's a lot more going on below the surface, surface of awesome, right? We're complex. We need to give ourselves some credit. We're complex people. <laughs> Our life situations are very unique. They're very complex. There is a lot going on. But what we routinely try to do, and I know I'm not talking about whenever we try to save time or niceties. I'm talking about whenever we really try to deal with our emotions. We create emojis. <laughs> we get these moods. We get these feelings. We get these emotions. And rather than truly wrestling with them, with getting down below the surface and looking at all the complexities and the nuance and everything going on that may be causing these these feelings, these emotions, these moods to rise up. Instead, we're just, yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm doing good. I'm all right. We're living emojis. <laughs> and that's what this, this word that we've coined, emojis, that's what it means. When we try to take these complex emotions, these complex moods and feelings that we have, and we try to act like they're simple, they are not. They are not. Our moods and our emotions, man, they are not simple. <laughs> the feelings that you have, they are anything but simple and easy to navigate. They are hard. They are difficult. They can be taxing to work through. Analyzing our emotions is hard. And if I'm being honest, most of us, me included, don't want to do the work sometimes. We don't want to go through the pain and the frustration that it can be to truly work through our emotions. We want to keep it, we want to keep it simple. <laughs> we want to keep it simple. I just want to feel, ah, not having too great of a day today and leave it at that. I don't really want to dive into why I'm not. I don't want to, I don't want to face the stresses that I'm under. I don't want to face the depression I'm feeling. I don't really want to get down to the bottom of it. So I'll keep it nice and simple for now, but it doesn't work. Because as we keep things simple and we never work through our emotions, we never gain the emotional intelligence, the emotional strength, the emotional fortitude that we need to have if we're going to live a fulfilling life. We need to have it. And if we're always surface level, we're always keeping it simple, we will never, ever get there. And man, if, I, if I'm honest with you guys, I got to say, I was a little hesitant to preach this series about emotions because... I was kind of getting in my own head about it, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if anyone's going to be out there thinking, like, really, preaching about emotions? Is this a sermon or a self-help book? <laughs> like, what are, what, are you, what are you talking about? Some feelings. Like, this feels like a Dr. Phil episode, or I, I don't, don't want to talk about feelings and emotions and, and moods. This is just weird. But the more I thought about it, the more I prayed on it, I realized, man, that's, that's the enemy feeding stuff. That's the enemy trying to knock this off course, because the fact of the matter is, the worry I was having that people would think maybe this isn't, too, this isn't deep enough. Where's theology? Where's doctrine? Let's talk about things like that. Man, as I was praying on it, I felt God just kind of, you know, nudging me forward and saying, no, no, no. Talking about emotions is so deep, we could have content for the rest of the year. We could preach from now to January 31st about emotions because there's that much complexity and they truly are that important. They're truly that vital if we are going to have a successful Life, we have got to have emotional fortitude, emotional awareness, emotional health. Listen to this. This is what the Apostle Paul says. If you have a Bible and want to follow along, if you don't have a, a hard copy one, man, I recommend the YouVersion app, Y-O-U version. Um, you can download the Bible on there. You can take notes. You can highlight scripture passages, copy, and send it to people. It's, it's just awesome. I, I love that 
app. I use that uh, uh, to read a lot and to take notes. I would encourage you, start doing that, man. God's, we, we just heard it from Pastor Scott Tursley uh, a couple weeks ago uh, about God speaking through his word. If you want to grow emotionally, <laughs> you want to grow as a Christian, man, be in the word. Listen to God. Listen to him speak to you. That's what we're going to do here in a second. We're going to be looking at the book of Philippians chapter 4, if you would like to follow along. Philippians chapter 4. This is a letter that one of Jesus' earliest followers, one of his most influential followers, the Apostle Paul, he wrote this letter to a church in the city of Philippi to encourage them, to tell them like, hey, to just keep pressing on, just keep doing what you're doing. He actually wrote this letter from prison too. He was under arrest for uh, proclaiming the gospel and he wrote this letter to the church. Listen to what he says. And I really want you to focus on how the Apostle Paul is stressing and focusing on emotions in these verses. Listen to this. This is what he says, starting in verse one. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. I plead, and then he names uh, specific people, I plead with Udia uh, and I plead with Sintiki. Those are some names. If you're a young couple, you're pregnant, and you're looking for names for your kid, you might want to just store those ones away. Those just roll right off the tongue, just beautiful names. <laughs> I plead with Sintiki to be of the same mind in the Lord. See, he's right here off the bat. He's saying, hey, look, be of the same mind. Make sure your, your feelings, your emotions, your moods, the way you're conducting yourself is of the same mind. Verse three, yes, and I ask of you, uh, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose name are in the book of life. And then here from verse four to verse nine, pay attention to all of these feelings, all of these emotions that Paul is talking about. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You hear all that? Rejoice, gentleness, thanksgiving. Don't be anxious. All of this focus on moods, on feelings, on emotions, and this is what Paul says, if you do those things, if you make these choices, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. You see, what I see in this, what I see in this scripture, and there's so much, it's such a rich uh, section of verses from scripture, but one thing that really stands out to me here, moods matter. Moods matter. Our emotions matter. The way we conduct ourselves in relationships matter. Our feelings matter. Think of it this way, and this... This should be a shocking statement, and it's intended to be a shocking statement. People would prefer to be around emotionally healthy non-believers over emotionally crippled Christians. I'm going to say that again just in case you missed it. People would prefer to be around emotionally healthy non-believers 
People who know nothing of Jesus, people who don't follow him, people who don't worship him, people who don't make decisions based on Jesus being the Lord of their life, most people would rather be around those kind of people as long as they're emotionally healthy than people who claim Jesus, people who say they know him but are so emotionally crippled they can't handle their moods, they can't handle their emotions, they can't handle their feelings. You want to know how I know that's true? That people would prefer that? Because I'm people. <laughs> and you are too. You're people too. Because I would wager just about everybody in here, if you had to choose to work for an emotionally crippled Christian boss or an emotionally healthy person who's not constantly swinging from one mood to the other, who comes in angry with you one day and counting on you the next day, which one would you rather have? Exactly. <laughs> In fact, I would wager there's some of us who would say, man, I'm, I'm married to uh, a, an emotionally crippled Christian, and there are a lot of days where I feel like our marriage would be in a better place if I was married to a non-believing, emotionally healthy person. Because it's constantly one thing to another. It's constantly, I don't know where the moods are going to be. I don't know where the feelings are going to be. They hate me one moment. They love me the next. They're depressed. They're angry. They're all over the place with me because they're not dealing with their emotions. Emotional health is one of the biggest helps or hindrances to our faith. It truly is. Emotions matter. Emotions matter. I can tell you some of the most kind, uplifting words I've ever received, words that uh, were affirming and words that helped me and they put steel in my backbone, made, made me feel like a better person, came from whenever I worked at Allstate. I worked at Allstate for a period of time. I was a communications consultant there. And some of the people I worked with, amazing people, but non-believers, non-believers. They, they probably believe in like some idea of God, but not Jesus as God, certainly. But man, they were kind. They had their moods in check. <laughs> Vast majority of them, you, you knew what you were gonna get with them because they were just steady, reliable people. And you wanna know what's heartbreaking? Some of the most damaging, hurtful words I've received have come from people who have claimed Jesus, but their emotional health, their emotional maturity, the way that they handle their moods and the way that they handle their feelings completely cripples them. And you know it too. I'm looking around this room and I see a lot of faces of people who used to go to church and thank God they found Jesus here at Cornerstone because the church that they went to before had a lot of emotionally crippled Christians in it who hurt them who said things to them, who treated them in certain ways, and that is heartbreaking. Church, that's not supposed to be us. That is not supposed to be us. It is a hindrance to our faith. It's a hindrance to our witness whenever we do not have control of our emotions. And the biggest way we lose control is when we act like they're simple. <laughs> when we act like they're simple. When we treat our moods like they're emojis, just Send this off, and that, that, that encapsulates everything about what I'm going through right now. No, 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 you are far more complex. The issues you are dealing with are big issues that really need dealt with. Emojis, complex emotions and moods treated like they're simple. They hurt us. They hurt our witness. Man, they make us no fun to want to be around. Whenever we're a person who's emotionally crippled, this is, want to know how you might be an emotionally crippled Christian? Do people routinely send you to voicemail? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an uncomfortable one, right? You're like, well, you know, maybe they just don't have the time. <laughs> There's certain telltale signs 
where you have to kind of sit back and go, man, am I, am I constantly swinging from one mood to another? Am I really dealing with my emotions or am I so emotionally unhealthy that I am just sucking the life out of the people around me? Makes us no fun to be around. It makes us unsteady and reliable to others. People can't count on us because they don't know what us they're gonna get from day to day. Like, man, I would love to be able to rely on you. I would love to be able to count on you, but I don't know what you I'm gonna get. I don't know if you're gonna let your day be thrown off because you got in traffic to start it off and then there's the rest of your day is ruined. I don't know what you I'm gonna get. And if we're not careful, if we are not vigilant about this, guys, that's how we'll just live our life. Our default, our default to how we live life becomes just, hey, whatever happens, whatever happens. If we do not put in the work without working, emojis just dictate our day. They just tell you how our day is going to go. They just, from the start, dictate how your day is going to be. And that leads to a life that is just a roller coaster ride, right? If you've ever been there before, and I've been there before, whenever I just kind of let my emotions go, and I just follow my emotions and my moods and my feelings, man, it's, it's just up and down, up and down, because something good happens and you're high, something bad happens and you're low, and you're just all over the place, your mood just dictates your day. And what happens is you become a hostage to fleeting moment-by-moment moment situations. We all know someone like that. Maybe we are that someone and we're at least, God's putting that and he's impressing your heart right now to realize, man, that's me. That's me. That's where, that's where I'm at right now. Let me tell you, that is no way to live. And not just that, we at Cornerstone, we talk all the time about wanting to help people find the father, a family, and a fulfilling future. That fulfilling future is found whenever you know Jesus and you're emotionally healthy. That's what a fulfilling future is, is knowing Jesus and allowing him to guide you into emotional health. And you will never get there if you don't get below the surface level of just, oh, I'm fine. No, I'm all right. I'm doing okay. We're more complex than that, and we have got to deal with it. Moods are strong. Moods are strong. Here, here's something I want to uh, ask you guys. Uh, you know how strong our moods are and how they can dictate our day? Um, here's a few situations I want to ask you guys just to see who does these. Um, does anyone like workout, exercise, even if it's just trying to get walks in, stuff like that? Okay. Um, what about, um, does anybody have any like tough conversations coming up? Like at work, you've got like a review meeting, right? You got a review meeting or like there's like a friend who you're like, man, I, I know I need to talk to her. And it's just, it's something that you see on your schedule and you're like, <sighs> you, just don't, you just don't want to talk about it, right? And it's hard, it's difficult. Um, anybody going out to eat anytime relatively soon? A place you love, right? Isn't that always good? Now, all of those things, let's, let's go back and review them real quick. So for people who work out, if you do that early in the day, man, that just kind of like sets your day, doesn't it? You feel good. You're like, man, I got it done. I got it accomplished. It just feels good the rest of the day. Uh, if you have a tough conversation, it just torpedoes your day. You're just, if, if the call is at two, like you're just watching the clock. Like every, you just, it just stresses you out. It's so anxiety inducing. It's just, ugh, and your whole day, you're probably short with people. You're probably frustrated because you're just looking forward to that. And then on the flip side, if you're going out to your favorite place to eat later at night with like a couple of friends, Man, you're probably kinder to people. <laughs> you're in a better mood. You're like in traffic. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Like, you're just, you're feeling good, right? You got something to look forward to. Now, here's the thing that we do so often, and this is me too. We think that those moments, like working out in the morning, makes my day. 
or that tough conversation is going to ruin my day. Or uh, uh, going out to eat later tonight is just going to be the perfect capper and make my day. Those situations do not make or break our day. Our response to those situations is what makes or breaks our day. The mood is us, right? The mood is on us. Those are just situations that happen in life, but the mood is on us. That happened to us whenever we were on, whenever we were on vacation. Uh, there was one day, it was so funny, we were, we were messing with my mom about it because there was uh, a little bit of rain the day before. Then we wake up, it's the next day. Um, my mom and uh, cousin had gone out to a wildlife refuge thing and drove around a little bit and on their way home, she sent everybody a text just saying like, hey, everybody just wanted to see what we wanted to do the rest of the day. It looks like the weather is supposed to be, and in all caps, she put great. Looks like the weather's supposed to be great today. What do we want to do? I kid you not, it was a torrential downpour, like just a downpour. We're all joking with her like, oh, you want to go lay out on the beach? It looks like it's great outside today. Like it's just, it's awesome. Like standing water all over the place is terrible, terrible rain. And it would have been easy in those moments, and we did for a little bit, feel like that was just going to ruin our day. And well, we're just in, we're inside now today. And everyone's just going to kind of sulk and well, hopefully tomorrow, hopefully tomorrow. And what we were doing in that moment is allowing a situation to dictate our mood. And that mood to dictate how we would act to each other, be a little bit shorter with each other, be a little bit more like, uh, no, I don't know, no, you go get it. Just be a little bit more uh, than we normally would be, right? All because of our mood. All because of our mood. If we are not careful, if we do not work without working, our moods will dictate our days. Your moods want to move you one direction or the other. Your feelings want to force you to go one way or the other. And it is constant work to fight back on those, to fight back on those urges and those temptations. They want you to to be a moment-by-moment hostage. But here is the fact and here is the truth of the matter. And this is for every single person in here, everybody watching online. You are not your feelings. You're not. (laughs) Those moods that come from moment to moment, you are more than your mood. You're more than your mood. In fact, why don't you turn to the person next to him and say, I'm more than my mood. Let's just declare this. Post it in the comments. I'm more than my mood. And you want to know why I'm wanting to have you do that and say that out loud and actually verbalize it? Because you constantly forget it. (laughs) You constantly forget that you're more than your mood. And so do I. We are constantly just tripping over ourselves feeling like our moment-by-moment moods just dictate who we are. Well, this is the me that you're going to get today because I was stuck in traffic. This is the me you're going to get today because I was late to work and it just threw off my day. This is the me you're going to get today because I, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling it. We, we get so captivated, so taken in by our moment-by-moment moods, but the fact is we are not our moods. We are more than our moods. We're not an emoji. We are deeper than this. Give yourself some credit. You are a nuanced, complex person. This ain't you. (laughs) There is more going on there. There is more going on there. And we have all got to dive down below this surface and actually wrestle and work with our emotions, with our moods, with our feelings. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying today, okay? (laughs) Feelings, moods, emotions, they're good. They are a good thing. But we have got to choose 
what's better, right? We've got to actively choose. Again, listen to what Paul says in verse 8, verse 8 of Philippians 4. Listen to the, the, the uh, description he gives here. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, what, uh, lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Meditate on such things. Try to be these things. How often do those words describe your mood? <laughs> How often do those things describe my mood? Um, noble, <laughs> lovely, true, right, pure, admirable. That ain't always my mood. And unless you people are just stunning people, that's not the mood that you're just always in. No, I'm feeling lovely today. I'm, I'm feeling admirable, noble, pure. Like that's not, those aren't just normal moods that come our way. And so what Paul is saying is, I know that you have emotions. I know that you have mo- moods. I know that you have feelings, but you are more than your mood. Choose something better. Choose something more. Choose something different. Choose what is noble, what is right, what is excellent, what is praiseworthy. And you can choose it because you are more than your mood. So what are moods and feelings and emotions? If they're not bad, if they're not a, a bad thing, what are they? This is, this is my description. You won't find this in any dictionary. You won't, you won't find this in anything like that. But my description, what I would say a mood is, what a feeling is, what an emotion is, a mood is an alert to something you should be paying attention to. That's what a mood is. That's the way I see them in my life. That's the way I see them in other people's lives time and time again. Whenever a mood hits me, when an emotion hits me, when a feeling hits me, it's like an alert. It's a little ding. It's a bell goes off and tells me, this is something I need to be paying attention to (laughs) because I'm feeling a certain way. I'm having a certain specific reaction and I need to pay attention to it. So what's that mean? That means our moods are alerts. They are not guides. They are not something to follow. They're just something that we need to notice and pay attention to. For, for example, this is what um, <clears throat> I, I've seen this video going around on YouTube. It, it started to kind of go viral. Um, the, guy, the guy who posted his username is genetically modified skeptic. So, you know, what have you. <laughs> but that's his name on there. He posted a video, I can't remember the exact title, but the, the whole idea behind it is, um, obviously, he, he's an atheist, he doesn't, you know, follow God, um, and he posts a video, he used to be an evangelical Christian, he posts this video talking about how churches emotionally prime you, that God isn't actually present in this, that it's, it's just emotional priming, and that's what a church is doing, and so then he walks through a worship service and he breaks down how every aspect of it is emotional manipulation and priming people. And, you know, people in the comments are saying, oh, my goodness, this is just like my church. This is crazy. This is the same thing as my church. And the guy's talking about, yeah, the pastor comes out and says a, a prayer. And they play this kind of music. And the lights are low and everything like that. And it's all emotional, uh, 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 you know, manipulation and emotional priming. And it gets to the end of it. And I finish watching it. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, kind of, <laughs> like, kind of to a point. It's not manipulation, but yeah, like we do those things, and we do those things to pull on emotions. We do those things to pull on feelings and on moods, and you want to know why? Because moods are God-given alerts. Moods are God-given catalysts that are supposed to grab your attention, 
grab your heart, grab your mind, and draw you to pay attention to something. That's what moods are. That's what emotions are. And so whenever you come into church and we have music playing softly below us and we have the lights dimmed and we're setting an atmosphere and an environment, it's because we are hoping to pull on your emotions, those God-given emotions that you have, those God-given feelings that you have, to pull on them and draw them back to where they're supposed to be, on God. That's the whole point. That's what emotions are. They are God-given catalysts. That's what moods are. They are God-given alerts saying, hey, there's something here you need to be paying attention to. Don't ignore it. Don't settle for the surface level. Dive beneath. There is something you need to pay attention to. When you feel that anger, don't just say, man, I'm angry today. No, think about it. Why? (laughs) Why did that bother me so bad what they said about me? Is it hitting at an insecurity that I have? Is it hitting on something in my past that I've never really resolved and dealt with and that's why it's affecting me so much? Do not settle for the surface level. You're not simple. (laughs) You're complex. And if you never do the work, you'll never get stronger and you will never become an emotionally mature person. You're more than your mood. I'm more than my mood. Moods are just the catalyst. So whenever you feel that anger, you feel that happiness, you feel that grief, you feel that pride, you feel that, that hate, that is an alert. It's not something to follow you. It's something to say, hey, I need to be paying attention here. Why does that make me so jealous? Why does that make me so frustrated? Why does that, why does that make me so happy? Why does that give me such joy? And then dig in and then wrestle with it. Wrestle with your emotions and figure out what is going on there. You are more than a mood. They do not define you. (laughs) They don't define me. What you need to do is analyze them, articulate them, wrestle with them. And it is hard. It is work, but man, is it worth it. Every person in your life that you look up to, that you know enough about them, that you know a little bit of the skeletons in the closet, but you still admire them, they're still a stabilizing force in your life, you still look up to them, I guarantee 100% of those people are emotionally healthy. They're emotionally healthy. I don't know a single role model that I have that I know a little bit about the skeletons in their closet and I still respect them because they're emotionally healthy. (laughs) That's huge. It is that important. It is that vital. And if you want to be that kind of person, which every single one of us should be striving to be that kind of person. If you want to be that kind of person, you have got to get below the surface and actually wrestle with your emotions. So that's my last charge to all of us today. Do not be an emotionally crippled Christian. Don't do it. You are, doing, you are doing so much harm to the name of Jesus and you don't even realize it. We do so much harm to the name of our Savior and our Lord whenever we claim him, but we are just going around tearing people apart and setting things on fire because of our moods or our feelings or our moment-by-moment emotions. Do not be an emotionally crippled Christian. Refuse to let your moods dictate your day by remembering you are more than your mood. (laughs) You're more than your mood. Don't settle for the surface level. Investigate it. See what's really going on in, in your heart. And when you do that, again, this is the promise from God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Don't don't you want that kind of peace? 
I, I want that. <laughs> like, I, I cannot speak for you. I can't speak for me. I want that in my life. Like, I want that situation in my life where I can, I can feel a certain way. I feel anger or bitterness or depression or jealousy start to rise up. And I go, you know what? No, I'm, I'm more than this mood. What, what, what this mood is, this is an alert. This is something I need to pay attention to. Why am I feeling so depressed? And then I can dive into it and I can wrestle with it and I can look at it and go, man, am I, am I really over that breakup? Am I really over my mom's death? Am I really over this and this? And I can wrestle with it with the Holy Spirit, with God partnering with me. And when that happens, I will see the peace of God come into my situation and it, it, it just passes all understanding. I've had a buddy who, who had, uh, his, his wife was unfaithful to him when he found out about it. He, he was kind of a rough, uh, rougher guy. He said, I'm not kidding. If you would have told me that I would find this out, I would have told you I would have killed her. And I'm not kidding. But in that moment, in that moment, I had been working on my anger. I had been working on this issue. And so when I found out when she told me, it's amazing. Not only was I not ready to kill her, <laughs> I wanted restoration. I wanted things to work. Not months down the road, right then. Like in that moment. That is because God's peace passes all understanding. And when you do the work and when you partner with him and you get below the surface and you really deal with your own emotional issues, something amazing happens. God works in your heart. You become a steady person, a stable person, a kind of person that the people around you look to and look up to. And man, what a witness you become. I want that for me. I want that for you. Let's pray together about it, all right? Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth that we are more than our mood because, man, so often it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I know personally that I can let events, situations, circumstances completely uproot and throw off my entire day, just letting my mood dictate what kind of day I'm going to have. But God, I'm more than my mood. I'm more than that. And so Help me, help us, help everyone under the sound of my voice to remember that when we are in our feelings, when we're in our emotions, when we're in our moods, that we would see them for what they really are, that they are an alert, they are a bell, they are a notification telling us, hey, there is something you need to pay attention to. There's something you need to look at. There's something you need to wrestle with here and that we would do it that we would partner with you through the power of the Holy Spirit and that we would wrestle with our emotions, that we wouldn't settle for the surface level, that we would dig in, do the work and see ourselves become more and more like Jesus in the way that we act, in the way that we speak, in the way that we talk, because we know when we do that, we will become emotionally healthy, mature people who become a, a, a rock of stability, someone who is steadfast in the midst of the turbulent world that we live in and people will look at us and they will see our witness, see that we only have this stability, we only have this steadfastness because of you and because of the peace that you give. Help us to do that, God. Help us to be your people in this world that we would shine your light so brightly people couldn't help but see you in the midst of it. And we will be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory and all the praise. It's in your name that we pray and everybody said in agreement. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.